Hey guys, we are back. Welcome to Rankable episode 52. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. And we got a special episode planned out for you guys today. We're going to talk about the future of sales and what is it what is it going to look like uh, moving forward, right? So of course, I have a special guest with you guys for you guys today. She's a queen. I've been a fan of her content for the past two years. When I've been building my personal brand, she's somebody that I've looked to. I've shared content, you know, definitely look forward to, you know, this conversation. But she has 10 plus years experience in the industry. She's a sales savant. She's also a LinkedIn top voice in the sales niche. Like, you know what I mean? Let her know. Let them know, queen. Let them know, queen. <laughs> but I want to I want to I want to introduce everybody to Shaniqua Ivy, Nikki to, to most. How are you, queen? How's, how's it going so far? I'm doing well. You might be the first person that's introduced me as Shaniqua. I like Nikki to most. I've found I haven't found like a really mm -hmm. sort of snappy way uh, <laughs> to communicate. Like, yes, my name is Shaniqua, and I love my name. But also, too many people know me as Nikki for me to just like leave that out, right? I feel you. Um, not that they wouldn't like see that I'm the same person. <laughs> You're the same player person. Be your authentic self. People out here, you got to make it easy. Um, what was the question? No, no, the question we're just gonna we're just gonna flow with I'm it. We're just gonna... myself. All right. <laughs> so um I have been the interim uh director of sales at a company called Assembly. Um mm -hmm. actually wrapping up that project. Uh, it was part of my uh, my work for uh culture perspective uh with a gentleman yeah. named Marcus Knight, who you and I um both shout know. out to Marcus. Marcus, what up, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I can only tell you that like in the, in the year and a half since I've been working uh with with Marcus working in the consultancy space, mm -hmm. I think that my whatever I thought I knew about how sales orgs work and what ends up being broken and why, like yeah. leveled all of that up because you know it's a it's jungle out there. No, but but I'm I'm fortunate to be able to learn those things with with culture perspective, um, and I, I guess I bring that up, right? Mm -hmm. As far as being able to sort of have this bird's eye view um, and see what ends up um working yeah. and not working is because you know i never when i started my career i didn't get the kind of expertise and the kind yeah. of strategy and, and and things like that that i'm that marcus and, and um, the other gentlemen uh, that i work with uh are installing that didn't yeah. come from people who looked like me or who looked like, sure. Marcus, who looked like ellis um and so being able to be a part of that yeah. And have some people, I mean, they're starting their first job in a sales, their, their first sales role, mm -hmm. and we are there to consult their company. And so they're being uh, initiated, so to speak, into exactly. their sales career um, with without it having to ever be a question whether or not sales expertise comes from from black people. So um, that's what I do. And that's part of the reason why I'm excited to do it for culture perspective. Um, but beyond that, it's because you know, enabling salespeople is what I'm about. Exactly. It's, it's fun. It, it is rooted in um, what I'm what I'm studied at. I, I studied broadcasting and uh, journalism in, in college. And so it, okay. it all does end up coming down to um, just effective communication and connecting yeah. people. Um, so I guess I'm I say that to say this. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> walking in my purpose, guys. This is uh, I'm, I'm doing love it. Was, uh, meant to always do. I love it. I love it. And you hit on you hit on a few points that I would love to break down and talk with you, right? Because it's same thing. I was in the same boat. Like when I first started in sales, like I just lucked up into sales, right? When I got to a first digital marketing, uh, digital sales job, I was selling ad ad um ad software and display advertising, right? 
it was a you know hit your number by Friday, you're gone by Monday. It was one of those type. It was a boiler room. You just smiling down. There was no insights, no strategic insights, no way to use data in order to communicate with your customers. It was like, this is what we got. You better go sell it. And if you don't, you're gone. Right. And I stayed there for three years. Right. And I think the biggest thing right now is we all are in the same boat. Right. Sales is the biggest turnover of any position. Right. Seventy seven percent of sales folks fail in their positions because we weren't trained properly. And it depends on who and what company you go to depends on the level of expertise you're going to end up receiving. Right. So I would love to hear from you. Like what, what, how were you trained when you came in and what are you, some of the things that you think are broken in industry or at least in our vertical? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was lucky, um, mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Um, I was lucky that my very first sales role in B2B tech mm -hmm. was sort of the, one of the, the, classically um you know difficult for lack of a better term and, yeah. and at times overwhelming styles of sales job um what i mean yeah. is right it was this high volume cold call type beat right yeah. like and it was just like you talked about it was you know you know when you walk in that if you don't meet this specific expectation by this time yeah. like it's that's it right that's and, it. yeah I think, and we'll come back to this. I probably interpreted that a little bit too harshly to begin with, right? Like that's it for my my, my entire sales career. No, just meant that it was it in that role. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, <laughs> calm down. Uh, <laughs> I need to be told frequently, as you'll uh, you'll learn. But but that but that is real though. As a young professional though, right? Me and you coming yes. in the industry at twenty two, that is everything. Yes. So I was like, if I if I fail at this, then maybe I'm not cut out for it. But but exactly. anyway. Yeah. So. Um, what it was like um, and why I say that I was lucky is because a lot of the things that I am, that I will talk about as far as being broken, um, were not in this environment, right? Yeah. So it was 100% a culture of training and coaching. It wasn't just like the, where they say it's ongoing, yeah. um, but really it's like you, for a week, you look at a bunch of sales enablement docs and then they throw you onto the phones. Like yeah. there was that element of it, that element of, you know, throw them in and see if they can swim but that was you know bolstered by mm -hmm. things like optional 7 a.m you know call batting cages so mm, you know that, that's how, that sounds interesting i've never heard of that yeah like, what's a yes, call batting so cage i hadn't either so we you know we don't start our day right as a team until 8 a.m that's when like the morning meeting is the standard yeah. but there were leaders right often often the vp of sales himself uh other folks you know in the as part of the executive you know sales yeah. leadership team would be leading these 7 a.m 6 a.m um trainings mm -hmm. and they were optional so that was the first thing that i got to like really learn and and feel right which yeah. is that i can get as much out of this as i put into it but I have to be careful about what that as much um, is uh, is made of, right? Like, does yeah. that mean I can get as much money? Like, is it going to be a monetary uh, return for me getting up and being at this meeting at 7 a.m.? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but mostly, though, it's building that muscle yeah. of taking control of your own destiny, which I think yeah. is at the heart of what what is attractive, what is perhaps most attractive about a sales career to begin with. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's something that if you nail here in your very first sales job or, or in, in your entry level, your first five years of your career, um, if you nail that, 
then it's not that everything else becomes easier, but you become more confident about yeah. how you can address and overcome what comes next. So I was lucky that they instilled that, that these trainings were even offered because I can tell you without naming these people's names that these are folks now <laughs> charge like 500, 750 an hour if you wanted that kind of training. Yeah. Um, well, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Right? And then, <laughs> right. And then in addition to that, though, there were folks on the team. Right. So mm -hmm. my let's say my training class came in in May. That's not even a guess. We actually I remember it distinctly. We came in in May and, you know, we had the benefit then of folks mm -hmm. who were from the training class six months prior. Yeah. Um, they're doing optional trainings as well. So when mm -hmm. the five o'clock bell hits. And folks are running across the. We were in Austin, right? They're running across the street to, uh, you know, Gordo's for dollar beer Thursdays. There's somebody there. Yeah. That's not right. No shade. Go get your beers. But you know. But, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> but, um, but but there was that that opportunity to learn from someone who had been successful in the role already. Watching that person see that it is there's some value in them giving their time to stay after and just talk about one particular part of the pitch, for instance, right? Like, hey, if you're getting hung up on in the first, you know, two seconds, it's 10 seconds of the phone call, it might be that your intro is is broken, yeah. come for the intro um, training. So things like that. Um, and the way that they really put a strong process around it yeah. is what is broken today. Yeah. That's what's broken today. Um, it's gonna be really rare now in an established organization for the VP of sales to have that close contact Absolutely. and to tra direct training um, to folks that that junior in their career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ha being able to have access to that was a good thing. Now, you know, the person that folks coming in knew, and, and this is, yeah. bear in mind, I'm talking about um, early stage startups mostly. Yeah. Right? So yeah. If you're at a, a more established company, the likelihood that you guys have an actual enablement leader in-house exactly. or a team of, of um, managers. Or even um, just to have enablement in general, right? Mm -hmm. Most, it'll just be AEs and then you got to figure it out. You got to hunt, farm, everything. That part. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so, so those are the things that are that are broken at, at most places. And what's, yeah. what's interesting is that mm, my, this experience I'm talking about was like in 2014. Yeah. So, so completely so, different time. Like, right. It was a completely different time, but it is kind of surprising. I think, I think we ended up taking that for granted or, I mean, yeah. I yeah, it's anyone's guess, right. Whether yeah. or not it was that we took it for granted that that the emphasis stopped being so heavy on that or that there was pushback for our turnover from yeah. the reps, you know, themselves saying, Hey, I don't, I don't want to make 150 phone calls today. I don't want to be asked to, you know, be here at 7am when, you know, we don't even start calling until 830. Is this is this, you know, just hustle for hustle sake type stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened in the time since I first started yeah. where where I think we've we've all along been sort of negotiating what our identity is going to be exactly. as just B2B salespeople to begin with. Right. Yeah. Um, we're closer to figuring that out. But the truth is, right, like we saw with what happened with COVID and remote work. As soon as we figure it out, we're going to get a wrench thrown, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> the lesson is to um, just you'll know, be aware of that, yeah, and embrace it. Be get excited about it. That's where I am right now in my career. I'm at a place where, listen, 
stuff's going to change. I'm going to change. The world is going to change. And yesterday's price is not today's price. Not today's price. But for real, but for real, I hope y'all listening though. Um, That's but, a fact. <laughs> listen, listen to her. Um, but yes, yes, I, 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 as much as you can, and as much as I've been able to, yeah, not just embrace the change, but wield it, leverage it. Um, I think that's what's what's going to help us fix what is broken. I love it. I love the fact that you're saying leverage the change, right? And I think, and like you said earlier, right, the reason why sales is attractive for us, right, you be able to control your own destiny, right? Back when we first started, like I said, I had, I didn't really have many mentors and it wasn't a lot of information like that, right? As far as sales, you know, like there was information, but not like easily accessible the way it is today, right? If you're a young college person, I mean, college grad, just coming in the sales market, there's YouTube, there's content creators on LinkedIn, there's people like yourself, myself, people who are going to tell you and it's going to teach you how to fish and how to get it, right? So I would love to hear from you too. Like what, what was the transition like from like an SDR? Because I was the same way. When I first came in, I was making a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a week. And I'm like, I got I booked three meetings. What the hell is wrong? You know what I mean? Is it worth it? Is this the right way to do it? And that's what changed my whole sales philosophy, which went to LinkedIn and all that. So I'm like, it's got to be a better way for us to connect with uh, connect with customers and influence the decision way before they know there's a problem. It's it's so funny. So it's meta actually is what it is. So what I was selling in that first experience uh -huh. that I was telling you about was it was essentially um, like how do you bottle up word of mouth when you are in like a small business where word of mouth is how you make your money right so how yeah. do you become a part of those conversations where someone says hey i am looking for somebody to do my do my roof do you know anyone um there that i was selling into this industry where they were coming out of a place where that conversation was always happening in line at the grocery store right or yeah. when they were you know picking their kids up from school and i was helping these folks understand that now these conversations are happening online at, at the time they were happening yeah. on Facebook. Um, and so we were helping them stay in front of their books of business so that when those conversations came up, they were top of mind. Yeah. What's interesting and what's meta about that, what I didn't know I was learning at the time, <laughs> that that's exactly the way I approach how I sell, how I, you know, craft content. Yeah. It is about, you know, not necessarily something I said made someone buy something from me today, mm. but I made it as difficult as I could manage for someone to forget me when the time came that they did need what yeah. I was offering. That's key. And That's key right there. The experience. How do you remember me? And that goes for cold calls. That goes for the sales experience. If they're talking to 10 AEs, what are you going to do to stand out and be that one person they consider and they're going to sell for internally when you're not on the phone? Exactly that. And what it what it ended up like in retrospect, yeah. what it opened my eyes to is, you know, this, what I've tried to do since I sort of figured that out is be selling something. Mm-hmm that I, if a conversation were being had about it, I could have that conversation intelligently, right? Exactly. I could authentically participate in that conversation. Um, because, and that's something that I think a lot of folks miss, right? Here's, yeah. here's what I mean. I mean, say, I wanna be a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I've decided that, right? I wanna be a B2B tech salesperson. And I'm noticing that the, the roles that are available um, and that I'm seeing that are open are like, mm, 
you're selling uh, financial services or you're mm -hmm. selling into, you know, chief technology officers or whatever. If that's your jam, sure. But I think a mistake that a lot of people make is this idea that if I'm a good salesperson, I can sell anything. Yeah. And then all all like either like all pumped up about it. Like, yeah, I don't even have to know anything about finance. I <laughs> like, I mean, may, perhaps you can, but will you be happy? Um, yeah. has been sort of this, this journey for me. So I guess I say that That's to say this. What, what it opened my eyes to is, is this idea that if the deeper understanding I have and further the deeper empathy I have for like genuinely have, not just like understand how to communicate because you're supposed to be empathetic. Exactly. To some blog I read. Um, <laughs> but the deeper genuine empathy I'm able to have for the people who would use what I'm selling, the more effective I will be as a seller. Um, so that part I understood, but I didn't get that that means, oh, so Nikki, you need to be choosing roles yeah. that are at companies that are selling stuff that you care about. It's really that simple. That simple. So I, I guess it's just, if there are folks that are listening, who are, you know, making that transition or thinking about, you know, either from retail into B2B tech sales or from one, um, you know, industry within yep. B2B tech sales to another, like deeply consider that. Yep. You matter enough, right? Your yep. future, your career matter enough that it's okay to be choosy about what you sell. Absolutely. Let and go of this idea that if you are really any good, you know, then it wouldn't matter because it absolutely matters. It, it opens. Doors. Absolutely. What I'm getting to then, um, as far as why I was talking about the, the content play and, and making it hard for people to forget you mm -hmm. is the more you feel connected to whatever it is that you're, that you're selling or whatever the industry is, the more you will want to talk about it, the more intelligently and engagingly you can talk about it. And being able to talk about things engagingly is why you and I, why you invite me on the show. It's why you talk about them, right? <laughs> uh, but, talk your talk, please. Didn't all come together, you know? Like, I didn't know in 2014 that that's what I was learning. Yeah. Um, so what I'm hoping to do today and maybe continuously throughout my career is uh, help other folks understand that one thing first so that from the gate, they can be more intentional about what opportunities they're um, they're choosing. I don't even know if you asked me that question. No, but that that was that was a great point though. That was a, like that was a real point <laughs> like that because I'm curious like what was your aha moment of like I'm gonna start creating content. Like for me, I know like when my career changed in terms of sales and when I started really going is when I stopped looking at prospects from Zoom Info as just a, a ways to get commission. So yes. I wouldn't look at them as a person. It would just be a list of 100 people. I don't care what you do. I don't care where you are. I don't care about your social fam. When I get your ass on the phone, I'm going to that talk that talk and we're going to make something happen. That was my whole thing, right? But then when I shifted that, I'm like, man, who can I? I I've been at five, six rows, right? I've got maybe a handful, maybe two handful of people that I could really call and be like, yo, what's up? But depending on where I go, it might not apply. You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, I have to build up these relationships more. And when I came to iPool Rank, I'm like, all right, I've got to find a way because I, I don't want to send out a thousand cold emails and worsen my brand or hurt the brand, right? And not get, because that's it's definitely negative impact to that. So I was like, let me just create content. 
And what I did was, I know you're more intentional. I know a lot of other people are more intentional, but I was like, let me just take my sales barrier down and let me take the sales barrier down and be a person. I gotta tell you, I gotta be the hat and hoodie. I gotta be me. I gotta tell you what's up. I was 20 years old working at Starbucks. I had a kid and boom, I spun around and got a sales job and I ended up working. I had to cut my hair off to make a, a good salary, like all that type of stuff. And I just keep it real. And that's what's been working for me. And also tells SEO content and stuff like that. So I'm curious, like, what was your aha moment to be like, man, I, I've got to do something better. And why focused on LinkedIn? Was it just organic? No. That's cool too. Oh, it wasn't. All right. I so mean, it was intentional. Well, yes and no, right? So the, okay. the, the first moment, because I'm not a, I'm not a like learns from the first lesson type of woman, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so the first moment was just straight up being unhappy. Um, you know, the, what you just described, right? Where people in your CRM or on your list are just that names on a list. Yeah. Um, that's work devoid of purpose. Exactly. And if you are spending, when I was spending um, the bulk of my day, the bulk of my life, you know, doing things that didn't feel purposeful. Yeah. It was, it didn't take a long time before I started to feel empty. And if That's in a real. sales role, right? If only, if all there is, is the the commission or the money that's a, supposed to fix it, that's supposed to make you better um, or make you feel better, that is, um, then it only takes like one, exactly. It only takes for you to miss that quota, for you to start having a whole existential ex crisis. Like what, am I? I, That's I so that real. I, I thought that I was a worthy human being, but this dashboard that says I didn't hit quota tells me otherwise. Exactly. Uh, so, That's so, so that real. Happened. And uh, you know, well be true later. Uh, no, so that happened, and I decided <laughs> to start paying attention to to my mental health, and then that led yeah. me like no dead ass. Like seriously, I yeah. I got that unhappy, realized that it was because I was living my life. Um, in a way that didn't have purpose because so much of my life was wrapped up in um, these activities that I didn't feel a sense of purpose for. So that was, that was, you know, the first, you know, sort of block building block yeah. for me to start to understand, like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this the wrong way. Um, and, and, you know, that was hard to unlearn because it's absolutely something I was taught. Um, you yeah. talked about, you know, your experience being a young parent working at Starbucks. I did not work at Starbucks. I did work in retail. I was, you know, I I've, I've been a mom since I was 17. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a grind, <laughs> grind. Yeah, we we got to get through. I was at, I was a couple years behind you. I'm like 19, 20. So, so, so that's, you know, part of it, I think for a lot of young parents, I'm going to speak on it, Jared. Let's talk on it. Talk for, on it, Queen. For, for a lot of the time, young parents, you kind of, start to buy into this idea that your choices deserve to be limited. So I that, felt like, deep. I felt like, you know, yes, I'm, you know, working in, this is before B2B sales. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I, where I learned that work doesn't deserve to have a purpose to it because you made these decisions, this is where you're supposed to be. Uh, so you, you just have to take it. Yeah. Um, I, I was working in, uh, I was working selling cars and that very 
thought process you talked about where these are just people, this is my commission. I was told that. I was told that. My manager said, when you see people walk up, you have to think about it. He was trying to like fire me up. Yeah, pump you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that new purse you want. That's your rent. That's, that's uh, you know, your electric bill walking up here. And I knew then that I didn't <laughs> believe that. I knew then that that didn't resonate with me. Like something, I had visceral, like something happened inside of me that was like, no, no. That's a person. That's John. That's, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but again, right? Like you're, you're a young parent or you're whatever your circumstance stance is. There, there, there are times, there are things that tell you the way the world engages with you that can give you this impression that there aren't any other options. So I thought I had to behave that way. Even though I, I knew, okay, I don't ever have to believe this, but this is how you get fired up for a sales job. So, so yeah, so all of the, the lack of purpose had started to well up. And then I, you know, started losing because I wasn't happy. And then that started messing with my mental health. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I needed to figure something else out. So I went to the ladies room at this job that I was, while I was at this job, and I went on LinkedIn because I was like, where are there people who will relate to what I'm feeling? And I went on LinkedIn and I just, I just talked about it. I was just like, at a sales job, we are asked, this is pretty much exactly what I, what I said in this post. Mm -hmm. At a sales job, we are asked to care in one direction and then asked literally often to shut our feelings off in the direction that points to ourselves. So how do we even do that how do you how does a human being do that and not go plumb insane and what i meant by like care in one direction is i had i had started to understand and accept and be excited about the fact that the more like i talked about before the more i care about the people who i'm working with or selling into um the more successful i'll be yeah. and so i was giving i was giving all of that all of that That's care it. all of that empathy and being told in no uncertain terms that I was not going, I should not expect to have that given back to me at work. In fact, yeah. in fact, leave your feelings outside. That's so true. In fact, so true. in fact, if you feel like you even need to be cared about here, if not, if you feel, if, if you're not feeling cared about at work is affecting, you know, how well you're able to do this work, then you're not cut out for sales. That's it. And that's, and it, that, Everybody, listen, I want you guys to know how important that is. That's just what it was, right? And that's why I, even on my LinkedIn profile, I put more than a quota for that reason right there. Yep. For that reason. Crazy. It was, so con it was so consistent with what the world was already telling me, um, having been a young parent. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. It was like, you know, people... I'll, I'll tell a quick little story, right? So I was I was yeah. in choir in high school. It was like my thing. I I've been in I had been in every school choir from like second grade up to like my first semester of college. Um, as mm -hmm. it got too political at that point. Uh, but <laughs> how the choir got too? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, no, but for real though, it got pretty cut, cutthroat in uh, college. But anyway, so <laughs> so I remember walking into the choir room right when I had first started mm -hmm. showing in high school, and the teacher telling people all the other girls who had rushed over to me to like touch my belly they were you know they hadn't seen this in his life happening yeah. um and she was get away from her as if they could catch it wow and you know she started putting me in the back she would still give me the solos but put me in the back 
everybody needed to like move in and cover up, you know, my stomach. And then people started to talk about me like I had died, Jared. She she had such promise. Wow. What a show, the prime of her life. Uh, and so and that's I had, real. it is real. And I had that's started real. to be conditioned and start to internalize again, right? That I don't deserve to be cared about. I made decisions such that I put myself in a position such that that's something I can never have back. So that's why I think I was able to go so long in a sales career without addressing it. Because like I said, it was consistent with what the world was already showing me about what I deserved. But I found once I started just talking about what I was going through, I found that I was not the only one. And I found that I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I do deserve to be cared about as it turns Absolutely. out. And I did not in fact die. I, <laughs> you dropped. You dropped. Greatly exaggerated. So <laughs> I, yes. And, and, and that's, you know, I can't even say, and then, and then boom, I'm a star. No, that's not exactly how it happened at all. Um, that was still probably a good two years out before mm -hmm. I had anything. I still only like this. I had 3000 connections on LinkedIn at that time, which mm -hmm. was a lot to me and which, which is a lot generally speaking, which was exciting to me, but it was never this thing where I decided I am going to go out and build the biggest audience I, I can find. Um, you know, for any type of like, you know, business purpose or anything like yeah. I still actually don't have that as like a North star, right? Like yeah. I'm building an audience so that I can monetize a brand. Nah. Um, not that that's bad, but that just isn't what I'm in it for. Yeah. It, it ended up just being content as a homing beacon. I'm going to say these things because I, if I don't say them, well, what? I feel like, well, yes, if I don't say them, who will? That's kind of where I am now. That, that, that's just the real, who will, right? But then it was, if I don't say them, they will they will kill me. I, they will just sit here. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a song lyric, um, 2 a.m. and I'm still awake writing a song. If I get it all down on paper, it's no longer inside of me threatening the life it belongs to. That's how it felt to me. It felt Bars. like. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> dropping them at karaoke but anyway um, so, so that's what it felt like though like if if i keep in all of the ugly that this lack of purposeful work is is filling me with it's poison yeah so when i started to talk about it other folks who had felt that way um started to be attracted to it and then that put me in a position to to then make, be more intentional about it, put a process around it once COVID happened. Yeah, yeah. Not that I had the foresight at all, because I didn't. Like I said, it, I, it was purely just like, I need to find other people so that I don't go plumb insane. I'm not I, 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 noticed, I noticed the transformation from your post. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced that I'm the only person who feels this way. But so then when, when, when COVID happened, everybody, mm -hmm. everybody was like, oh, we do need to care about ourselves. Because what happened was that we were salespeople. When I say everybody, I mean salespeople. Sorry, marketers, y'all ain't here too. But, uh, <laughs> let's just say the whole go-to-market team. But specifically in COVID, it was salespeople who were being cut first. I mean, you had every day, every day, I'm coming on LinkedIn and I'm seeing another post from someone at a company 
straight up saying like we had to let the whole sales team go. I got like 30 people who are really, really hard workers and who will be good at your company. Um, you know, hit me up so we can help get those folks to other places. And what was sad was that there weren't any places for those folks to go because everybody was cutting their sales team. So you had this, this environment where these people who had been giving of ourselves, draining ourselves, yeah, and in many cases, draining ourselves to pour into the people to whom we were selling, um, and, and more specifically to pour into our organizations. Yeah. We had taken you salespeople are a, a breed of individual that are susceptible to being bought in, susceptible to being fired up. So you exactly. had people who had joined an organization maybe just six months earlier and had been encouraged to, you know, carry the banner, fly the flag for this company. Yeah. Really, really buy in. And then it's gone. Yeah. That's what do you feel about that though? Should 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 in it? I feel let's just keep it. Do you have a hard stop? I don't. All right, cool. I I, mean, I don't want to keep you long. Just tell me whenever you're ready to stop. All right. Cool. But like with with your content, right? And you've got twenty thousand. Let's say you go to a brand, right? Mm-hmm. What is the value of your following and your community to that brand? And what should they? How does that translate monetarily for you? Well, like, what do you think that's going to go? in the future, right? Because they should pay for that. If you get 2000 people coming to your profile and you're driving traffic back to the website, is that not valuable? Oh yeah. You mean like if I work at an organization? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that. So as a, now that I'm in a position where I'm, you know, looking at sales leadership, where I'm I'm approaching this question uh, as a leader, because I think it's slightly different if you're approaching it as an individual contributor, but still important. Yeah, that's part of the package. I think people need to, I, I do my best to help yeah. people understand. Uh, when I say help people understand, I mean like to look them in their face and make it, it clear in no uncertain terms. Uh, but I do my best. Yeah, I love your realness. Uh, to help people understand that if you are evaluating me mm-hmm. uh, against other, other uh, candidates, then yeah you you should consider very heavily what the brand impact will be of bringing on someone like me now that impact is only as significant as the relevance of that company's solution to, to my, who my audience is we got 20,000 yeah. people who want to really really want to talk about uh, contra- construction, right? Subcontractors yeah. and how to make their jobs easier, which I think is important. Yeah. Uh, but the company that I want to work for is selling to CMOs, right? About you know how to, you know, fix their attribution problem. Then you know, obviously, um, my my brand is not as valuable. So to to your question, I guess that's where it is right now. When I talk about the value, first of all, I'm I'm only pursuing opportunities. Um, where what I bring is valuable to that company, right? Exactly. So basically folks who are selling to sellers, folks who are selling to marketers and folks who are selling to um, folks in the um, HR and DEI space, right? Because those are the folks who are in my audience. And, but yes, absolutely. It is absolutely valuable 
And are you asking me to put a number on it? It's hard to put a number on it, right? Because it's not binary. Like, like at the end of the day, it's like a stream, for instance. Like, what is the value of a stream? I don't know if you listen to Joe Button's podcast. Like, I'm a big Joe fan, right? So, like, like that's kind of how I feel about it. Because I, I know, like, me and you will be in the 2 3% of sales folks that actually get it, that could actually build a community. And that actually genuine. We don't want anything in return from it. I'm not, like, in my DMs of my sales, of my followers or connections. Like, hey, hey. Most of the time they hit me up because I don't ask for shit. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just being myself. Like you need something cool. Here's a LinkedIn playbook. You need this. Here's that. This is how I feel. Somebody stood me up at eight o'clock for a sales call. Where did it happen to you two? You feel me? So then that's that's kind of how my content is, right? And so as I I'm exploring opportunities, I'm looking at it like, okay, what what is that? What value am I bringing to that? And what kind of cost should I put on top of that? Right? Well, they already listen. They already know. They they have a cost per acquisition. They know how much they on average are willing to and have historically paid to get in front of somebody who fits their ICP. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what the total cost will be once someone who fits their ICP becomes a customer, right? So like I said, cost of yeah. They likely already know that. Anybody who's talking to you about, you know, paying you for your brand um, or more specifically, right, a business yeah. um, that you're looking to join as, as a, a full-time employee. Yeah. So understanding how to speak to that in relationship with what you're already doing and who you, whose attention you already have, yeah. um, I think has been, has been really important, has made a really an impact on, you know, how I'm perceived in the, in the market. So weird to talk about myself like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the truth, right? Like yeah, people that's true. are evaluating me against my counterparts and, you know, the better, you know, I can, the more clear I can make it to them. Right. So mm -hmm. it's about finding where also about finding where their, um, their pain is. So if you're talking about a company that's historically had a hard time recruiting salespeople yeah. to work for them. Especially diverse talent. If they if they have a hard time recruiting either way, whether it's sales talent or recruiting women, recruiting diverse talent, and I have 20,000 people who have clicked a button and said, I want to hear more of what this person has to say. And those people are the people you want to come work for you. How much money are you currently spending? How much money are you currently spending to recruit these folks? Exactly. Who are already right treating me with a certain level of credibility right who are already exactly. treating the things i say with a certain level of credibility you already know like there is a number those folks know exactly how much they're paying in terms of recruitment they know exactly how much um you know um turnover is costing them yeah so if you can speak to that but we're not privy to that information though you just that's listen, listen, listen. You, you, you feel me? You know what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Like I do, but you have to. You have you. This is where the responsibility comes in, and I say this as somebody who's learning these hard lessons every other day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Somebody gonna get paid. It's gonna be the person that raises their hand and asks for it. Right. All things being equal, right? If everybody is equally qualified, everybody is equally hardworking, then you're going. You don't get what you don't ask for. And sometimes what you don't ask for speaks volumes about what you think you are worth. Mm. Where the hell is my air horn? Somebody <laughs> hit an air horn on that. Somebody hit an air horn on that shit. 
so so you you have to be brave enough to ask the question, which I know isn't easy. And it's something that, again, I have to keep, you know, stay out ahead of. It's something I have to practice. It's something I have to push myself to That's do insane. because my, my personality, like naturally is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell people things that make them feel, you know, as good about themselves as I feel about them. And, and maybe that does sometimes run counter to being able to ask the kind of pointed questions that are necessary to evaluate an opportunity, right? An unemployment yeah. opportunity that is. Um, but listen, I have tried it the other way, y'all. I have. <laughs> right now, at this point in my life, at this point in my career, I'll be 40 years old in November. I like literally don't have time. I don't have time to let insecurity and fear rob me. I'm all out of those facts. So yes, it's, it's difficult. Yes. It's easier said than done, but asking a person who was asking for your commitment, who was asking for your blood, sweat, and tears, asking them something simple, like, you know, I know that you're going to be speaking to a lot of other candidates for this role. Right. And, you know, you've gotten a chance to understand a few things about me, right? There's the table stakes, you know, resume things. There's, you know, some of the yeah. other things about what moves me and what inspires me, but I want to make sure that we consider this as well, yeah. right? We sell at, at this company, right? Say it's a sales engagement tool, yeah. right? This company, we sell to folks who are interested in making themselves or their teams better at this part of the sales process. 20,000 folks who fit into that category are listening to the things that I say online. That's a pool from which we can recruit. That's a pool from into which we can prospect. Yeah. Where does that fall? Where does that fit in, in terms of, of the things that you're considering when you evaluate other candidates against what I'm offering? Maybe they don't even have an answer. Maybe you shock them out of their seat that you even asked the question. Yeah. Maybe you don't have 20,000 people and that's not your talk track in this conversation. Yeah, but you've got them thinking now. You've got them thinking, and the the data, the research backs up everything that I'm saying. It is it is Facts. well known that organizations who activate really any of their employees as I won't go as far as to call them brand ambassadors, but certainly as evangelists for solving the larger industry problem that your product solves those folks are going to run circles around people who are still stuck in, you know, don't Addiction. be on LinkedIn. It's a Addiction. waste of time to yeah. build a brand, all of that. Yeah. yeah I, I still don't understand those type of people, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't work. Yes, it's going to work. You're still going to be able to do, you know, sales, doing cold calls and cold emails, but it's a much easier sale when somebody comes into your DM and say, John, I love you and I want to work with you. I got budget. Can we chat on Wednesday? That's a much easier conversation versus I got to understand your problem, understand this. You already know me. I already have the credibility. Now, if the pieces fit together, then we get an SOW out. Like, that is well, very simple. It's this idea. This is what I've been talking about for really the last at least three years, right? It's making the shift of mindset as a salesperson. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and tell it as an organization, yeah, as a marketing function, as a sales function, just completely disconnecting from this tradition of chasing leads. Nobody wants to believe they're still doing that. They but are. <laughs> Everyone is. If, if you have MQLs coming to you because somebody downloaded a 
piece E-book of content, stuff, yeah. you know, or even they clicked a blog, right? Like if, 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 if that's still your idea of whatever, of how, how business is done, like you're missing the point, that's what I would call chasing leads. Or if you as an individual salesperson are, you know, in your prospecting, it's just more about this whole, like, how many people can I call? How many emails can I, like, all that stuff is important. Yeah. But making the shift from chasing leads to attracting leaders, that part. Like, I mean, that's where things start to open up. That's where you start to differentiate yourself. I, I will talk about, you know, what that shift, how that shift came along for me in my career. Mm-hmm. I would love to, I was going to say, if you could transition to that, I would love to hear about yeah. the top boy, how you felt when you got the top voices and what's been the, you know, what's been happening since then. Yeah, yeah. This has something to do with that as, as well. Um, and, and it has something to do with who I, the people who I hope end up being top voices, you know, this year or next year. Yeah. Um, and that's that's many of the, the, the individual contributors who have started to con- um, to produce content themselves right now. Yeah. Um, and I say that because when, it, when we're thinking about what it means to attract leaders, you're not just getting those people's attention. What you're doing and you're not, it's not even just that you're building those relationships. You're learning the whole time. You're, it's, it is a masterclass in that's, I, I feel like in hosting B2B growth, mm-hmm. where I was, I was an SDR at uh, Sweetfish Media, which is the company that produces the, the podcast B2B growth. Yeah. In my job as an SDR there, part of the job was to host this podcast, host a podcast. Um, and so I was having conversations daily with folks who are running a marketing function, running a sales function, things like that. And just having those conversations and asking those, the types of questions um, that organically came up, built me up as an authority in the space. Even if, I, if, if it was only me that saw myself that way. <laughs> I mean, that level of confidence is I think what did lead to something like top voices because it, 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 it reassured me that the things I was talking about Um, when it came to like sales processes, tactics, strategies, and all of that um, were things that people cared about. And and needed to be said. That needed to be said and were things that I was able to speak about knowledgeably. I think a lot of folks, Mm -hmm. at least back then, it's changing now and I'm excited about it. But back then, I I did have reservations about what I was even allowed to say if I didn't have the title. The title Mm -hmm. that that pointed to the authority to say these things. How does she know what she's even talking about? And I'm like, well... I've had a hundred hours of, <laughs> of seriously about a hundred hours of teaching on these topics. Ask me anything is kind of where I was coming from. So now it's exciting to see and who I think the next top voices will be are those, those individual contributors who are starting their own podcasts, who are starting mm-hmm. their own, like things like this, who are starting their own um, content series because they're doing that same thing too. Now, right now exactly. I, I'm not, I'm not certain that other folks are doing it in a way that is as um, intentional about um, selling, about doing business as we were at uh, Sweetfish Media. Yeah. But but either way, right? Like if you're the, the, to see folks doing that now and to see that light bulb coming on, yeah. where people are starting to understand, like there is a path to the next role that I want or the next level that I want to get to that does not. Um, rest entirely on whether or not some manager thought that I had what it yeah. took, right? So to get true. there. I think that's, for me, that's what it, what resonated with me about becoming a top voice is because I was on this 
uh, list with people who had far more senior titles than me, um, people who, many of whom did not share my background um, in any capacity, um, and who were talking about this topic in a different way from the mm -hmm. way that I, I tend to talk about it. So uh, in terms of what it felt like, um, it felt like vindication. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, That's what I'm talking about. It like, didn't you, feel like I was happy for you. I'm not gonna hold you. You, Morgan, <laughs> AJ, shout out to all y'all. I just love the black representation on that list. I don't know, and to watch you guys every day and to know what it takes to create content every day. Not every day you got it. On a Monday, I might be like, I don't really care about this. On Tuesday, I might be like, yo, I got a meeting. Yo, my kid is home. We're quarantining this week. Like stuff like that that we're going through and we're still showing up. And for you to get that acknowledgement and that recognition, like I felt proud for you guys. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you. I uh <laughs> my kids make fun of me for saying that. They'd be like, no, you have to say I'm not gonna hold you. Yeah. <laughs> the was the grammar mom, but uh <laughs> There was a there was a little bit of, you know, I was unsure at first why they, why I was selected, right? Like maybe unsure is the wrong word. I was maybe a little insecure about why I was selected. That and it, it didn't have anything to do with my abilities. It was just the time that this happened, right? So 2020 was wild. It was wild. And it included... It included this sort of um, awakening for some folks um, as to what people of color, black people face at work. Mm -hmm. That was, those things were surfaced in the wake of the death of George Floyd. And a lot of the content that I put out that I think is the content that, that, that was evaluated, that was seen uh, leading uh, into me getting this, this honor um, I think it had a lot to do with how I spoke about those things. Now, now I believe it has to do with how I spoke about those things. But I yeah. wonder, I did, I did wonder, was it just that I spoke about those things? Was it just that I'm black? Um, was it just, right? Like, was it, was it just yeah. they didn't want to be on the chopping block for not having enough of this demographic or that? Yeah. Um, which, you know, is a little bit of imposter syndrome. And I think many people on the list may have, you know, had those same types of thoughts or feelings. Um, but yeah. when I called that out, when I just said so, I just said so. I just went on LinkedIn and was like, y'all, I didn't really think I deserved to be here. I think I saw um, that post. I think I saw that one. But it, it's yeah. real that you say that because I feel that, like, I, obviously, I'm, I wasn't a top voice. But right now, they gave me a, the editors, I think, of, as of this month. I'm, like, one of the top black voices on a platform, platform that they amplify every week or whatever, a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen anything. From, I'm, I'm honored for it, but I thought the same thing you thought. I'm, like, mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just keeping it real. I'm putting my sons up. I'm doing this, whatever. However I feel in that moment, I don't have mm -hmm. a content strategy. Do I know who I want to speak to? Absolutely. But everything has to come from the heart. That, right. Because, like, I'm, what I'm intentional about, you mentioned earlier, like, I know, Nikki, that you're intentional. What I'm intentional about is being authentic. What I'm intentional yeah. about is making sure that if there is a topic mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed and I don't see it being addressed, which is not to say that it's not being addressed. Everything's not going to make it to my feed. Yeah. But if I don't see it being talked about in my feed, that's where the intention comes in, where I'm like, oh, okay. 
you know, maybe there's someone who's looking for um, reassurance. Maybe there's someone who's looking for inspiration here. Yeah. Maybe there's someone who's just looking for a reason for an ally. Yeah, I'll be that. So um, that's where the intention comes in. But I don't have a content strategy either. Maybe I'm telling on myself, but I don't. I don't. I don't have pre-planned posts. Yeah. Like I get up, Fair. I scroll through Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it is. <laughs> Something excites me, ignites me, whatever it is, and I go talk about it and see who else is feeling what I'm feeling. That's all. Yeah. That's all. That's and it. I don't I don't mean to talk about it as like it's so easy, anybody could do it, but it is so easy. It's, it's you, it's your thoughts. It's your energy, is what you feel, your thoughts, your experiences. That's just what it is. And if you don't say it, it wouldn't we're gonna bottle it up, we're gonna hoard that information. What's the point? That's the, that's the tough part for me though, always, right? Is is just like as a human being, mm -hmm. um, given my personality type, mm -hmm. um, I'm a gregarious girl. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is often difficult for me to give myself credit for what some would call soft skills. So things, because some of those things come so easily to me. That's right. So it, it feels natural to me to be open with people. It feels natural to me to have a thought and then write it and then have what I have written uh, be reflective of the thought, right? In a way that's engaging. That's, yeah. I would call that a talent. Yes, it's a skill for a lot of people. There's a skill that's involved, it's learnable. But for me, it's a talent. And because it's been a talent my whole life, because it comes easily to me, it is very easy for me to discount it. For me to say, mm, anybody could just write something. Anybody could just say something that made people feel good. But is that good enough, right? That's the that, does that make you special at all when this person over here, you know, did this thing that's quantifiable, did this thing that's like on paper? Because that's, like, let's keep it real. In the pool of folks who are, you know, visible. Yeah. Who are voices, right? On the, in the B2B um, sort of blogosphere or whatever you want to call it. A lot of those folks, we know their names because of their hard on paper achievements. We know their names because of how many successful exits they have as startup leaders, right? Yeah. We know their names because they sold X million dollars worth of this solution or that their, you know, perennial president's club um, participants, right? All of those things, right? I'm not those things. Mm -hmm. I'm not. And so for a while, immediately in the wake of something like this, um, because there were people who, who checked those boxes I just talked about that were not on the list. That was what was difficult for me, was trying to figure out what can I point to on paper that will make it make sense that people would give me this kind of recognition. And I just, at a certain point, had to accept Nikki. Yeah. Being able to inspire people is important. Absolutely. It's an X factor. Like, that's the thing. Just because it comes naturally to you or feels natural to you doesn't mean it's not valuable. Facts. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's not worth anything. And I think a lot of that is, you know, other, anybody can experience this, but for me, it stemmed a lot from things I internalized as being a black woman. When you're a black woman, 
We are a black woman who comes from where I come from, right? I was born in the Hilltop Housing Projects of Dayton, Ohio. Shout out to Shout out, shout out to Dayton. Uh, I didn't live there very long. My dad ended up getting into the army, but listen, that is my that is my heritage. And when you come from that, mm-hmm. there is this element of overcoming really, really difficult things. But like you did it just to survive. So you didn't even really have time to stop and look and say, hey, I overcame that. Hey, I accomplished that. Damn, that was dangerous. Damn, that was this. (laughs) Real talk. But it ends up feeling like Mm -hmm. table stakes for you because it it had to be for you, right? Had to be. It ends up feeling like anybody, everybody's doing that. All the Shaniquas, all the Shaniquas overcame that. So what else you got? (laughs) That's (laughs) That's 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 how I was. That's how I was treating myself. So I'm only I'm only very recently getting to this place where it's like you're doing it, sis. Like you, no, you, you are. You, you are. I, I do want to tell you that. And I don't want to keep you too much longer, too, Nikki, because I, you know, I've got a my little man is coming yeah, here now. I've really just been on here just talking. I no, I, I love it. I, I could I could do another half an hour if I didn't have another meet. I'd have been like, yo, let's keep going. But uh, <laughs> I just want to let you know though, like you do deserve it. You are very special. I'm, I'm very glad that we had the opportunity. It's our first, for everybody listening, this is our first time me and Nikki meeting, right? And speaking with each other. I've been a fan of hers for two years, right? We both liked each other's comments and posts and stuff like that. So I just want to say, I'm so glad that we had a chance to meet. I'm rooting for you. You deserve the voices. And I'm excited to see what you do next. And I'm excited for everything that you've done so far. Like real tall, like the sales for the culture and what you're doing for us as people. Like I respect that. And I got mad love and respect for you. Thank you so much, Jared. I'm right, trying to queen. see you. I'm trying to see you with the box in the background. I'm, I'm trying. To, I got to get my shit together. I need to be, on, be on the list. I need Gabrielle Blackwater to be on the list. Yes, Gabrielle. On the list. That's what yes. I need. That's yes. that's what's next for me. Honestly, that's what's next for me is seeing who else. Not that I haven't made it. There's no pinnacle. I'm still out here grinding. Yeah. Uh, but as far as this steps that I have already taken or things I've already gone through, I'm I'm trying to get other people to do that. Which which is the same thing Marcus is doing for me. Which is the same thing you're doing for me as well. So thank you. Thank, thank you. It's my pleasure, Nikki. And I know for those listening to guys, like this is a very special episode for me too. Like, plus this is my last three episodes. So you know, I put in my. I won't be working at iPool Rank at the end of the month, so I'm exploring other things. But I'm so grateful for the team here. I love this team. I, I got so much respect for Mike, Chris, and everybody here just for allowing me to be myself, allowing me to be the guy with the hat, allowing me to tell my story, drive revenue, and things like that. So I, it's been a wild ride. We're gonna show. We're gonna take shots and all that on the last episode. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna turn up. But Nikki, I'm glad I got you on, and we're gonna stay in touch, and we're gonna we're gonna keep it happening. All right. Thank you so much, Jared. Thanks so much, Nikki. I'll talk to you soon. See you guys next week. All right.